Hey, welcome back to the podcast. If you are watching, you can actually see that I am coming to you from my garage office. That's my garage office. So here's a quick spin turnaround. And uh, today I have a special conversation with my friend Wayne, who works for Sun Life Ministries. Sun Life Ministries really, um, it seeks to empower youth leaders and pastors to teach their kids, uh, disciple their kids in their church. So um, I'm excited to share this conversation with you. We talk about what they're doing a little bit different now in a post-pandemic um, time where they got to utilize more technology. And so that's really what my interest is because this podcast is all about faith in the digital space and how you guys are changing things up, changing your strategies to still do the same things. The mission has not changed, but your strategies have changed. And I'm interested and passionate about sharing those strategies so that we can all become better. So this is helpful to me. I hope it's helpful to you. And if you enjoy this content, please, please, please subscribe, whether it's on Anchor, or your favorite podcasting platform, or on YouTube, you can watch as well. And if you're so inclined, you can go ahead and buy me a coffee, buymeacoffee.com slash Micah Foster. The link is in the description of both the podcast and the YouTube channel. God bless you. And here is the interview. Well, hey, Wayne, thanks for being on the From the Garage Office podcast with me. Really appreciate you taking some time with me. But why don't you give the people, the people who might be watching or listening, a little bit of context for you, what you do, what your life and ministry is all about. Uh, absolutely. I, I am on staff with uh, Sun Life, and we are a, a ministry that, that trains and equips pastors and ministry leaders in disciple-making according to the Sun's life. Uh, and my role is the creative media specialist. So, um, man, when we look at the life and model of Jesus, he was with people. And that's a big part of what we want to do is that relational disciple making. Uh, but we also want to be able to connect with people where they are. So um, I've kind of come in and, and hoping to take what we do and be able to use digital tools to enhance what we do um, and our impact for the kingdom. So uh, very quickly, my interaction with Sun Life was years ago, many moons ago. Uh, I was a part of sort of an, uh, we took the SIMP journal material. Do you, do you, are you familiar with that? Students equipped to minister to peers, SIMP. People right. love acronyms. People love acronyms, let me tell you. We do. And we took that and then we, we used it with, um, we called it Youth Wave, Youth with a Vision for Evangelism. So we had high school students, juniors and seniors come for uh, a few days and train them. And then we took them out into the beaches and streets of Santa Monica. And, uh, and a lot of people had a lot of life-changing interactions with complete strangers on how to talk about their own faith. And what I loved about the material was it was really biblically grounded, number one. Number two, it took kind of the five senses uh, you know, and sort of said, you know, today your mission, your challenge is to be the, to have the eyes of Christ, to see as he sees, to see people. Mm -hmm. Then tomorrow, you know, it's to, it's to speak his word. I think the last day was to speak as he would speak, um, and be his mouthpiece. And, uh, because that was the scariest one. And, you know, it was all, it would be his hands today and serve people and that sort of thing. So it was like incremental challenges to get to the point where he actually spoke about the gospel. Mm -hmm. And so that was, that's been my interaction with Sun Life was being a, 
a trainer in these uh, couple summers for these camps. And, uh, and it was a blast, man. I had a great time doing those. And it was very challenging because as one of the leaders, you have to do it first to show the students it's possible. Right. And you're sitting there going just as much as they are. Is this possible? <laughs> you're doing the same thing in your head. And so you have to force yourself. Okay, I got to be the good example. I got to go out there. I got to do this so that these kids get it. And, uh, and it was fantastic, man. But now, now uh, you guys are, uh, Sun Life is is also helping, you said youth leaders. Is that what you said? Uh, yeah, our, our, our focus is uh, young pastors and ministry leaders. Uh, we we were some senior pastors because we've been around long enough that some mm. guys were youth pastors and walked through Sun Life stuff and are now leading churches. Um, but really it's that uh, that younger generation of ministry leaders that were that we're pouring into uh, and training and equipping and coaching. So tell me, what are the things you guys are trying right now to utilize digital means to, to help these guys? Uh, yeah, this has been, uh, I, I came on staff last March. I spent most of 2020 just raising support was my main job for a missionary organization. So that's what I've been doing. Um, so really I've only been doing the work since January, mm-hmm. um, but just a big shift because Obviously, uh, through the pandemic time, uh, we had a conference in Portland and in uh, Orlando, Florida each year. Uh, lots of training, equipping, and sharing our resources there. And um, those have been canceled. And and most of our most of our coaching and training is is walking through some of our resources uh, in a cohort. So meeting together, which we couldn't do for a long time. Uh, so we've had uh, groups meeting on Zoom and. One thing we've started recently, we have a, a strategy seminar that uh, used to be a, you know, we'd have a local host church and invite people in that in that community, in that area, and do an all-day training. And uh, we've just started three or four of those online, uh, doing an hour and a half uh, uh, every other week and walking through the material on a Zoom call and just really looking at how do we shift our training that used to be come here, we'll do this in person, we'll gather together to be able to do it online and still still have that community, that accountability. Um, because I don't know about you, but for me, I can watch an online training and it's really easy for me to leave unchanged. Yeah. Or, or, or with the, you know, that was a good idea, I won't do it. Mm-hmm. So looking at how we can uh, really have communities around our training and equipping through online. Uh, so those strategy seminars are one things so we're looking at what it would uh, be like to have some of our training uh, on demand video training um, so that we can do that. So we're uh, doing some test runs to actually get to go down to Wilsonville near Portland, Oregon and shoot some video for that tomorrow. Uh, so that's something we're really excited about because because while I think I think the relational stuff matters, like I think a lot of our value going forward will be in coaching ministry leaders, um, either one on one or in small groups. Um, but a lot of the the training, uh, there's there's ways we can do that besides gathering for an all day event. I mean, you said something interesting. You said it's really easy for me to attend an online event and walk away unchanged or not applying what I've learned. And let's be honest, that's true for in person conferences as well. That's not only true of sort of an online learning experience. That's true of any learning experience. It's so easy to walk away and do nothing. I've been to conference after conference after conference, and and you come away with notes and session notes and inspiration and ideas. 
And what's really important in those environments is that you have people who are on your team or that you work with who want to do the same thing. Because if you don't, then it's like, you know, trying to apply something is not, <laughs> you know, it's not going to work. Right. <laughs> yeah, ab- absolutely. I think, I think, you know, that's true. Any, any, any bigger training or teaching situation, it's easy to walk away with, without, with, with maybe ideas, but no accountability. Mm. And that's one thing a lot, like I was, uh, my, my introduction to Sun Life was through when I was in Hillsboro, Oregon, um, the area coordinator had a group of youth pastors and we met once a month on Tuesdays. And really all we did was pray together. Like we never did a citywide youth event. Uh, we prayed together. We shared about our needs and, and he truly cared for us. And then I ended up doing one-on-one coaching with uh, his name's Eric. I think there's lots of ways to, to get our training out there, but I think offering that, that coaching and mentoring for, for pastors and ministry leaders uh, can really help that change and really be an example because most of Sun Life stuff is geared towards um, taking it and doing it in a small group, which which adds that accountability. And as, as far as, you know, any of my walk with Christ, uh, most of my change has come from small groups of people who have authority to speak into my life and I have accountability with. Like I've heard great sermons and I'm sure I've learned great things at, at conferences, um, but man, living life with people who you give permission to actually hold you accountable has has helped me grow more than the best of sermons. You know, it's really interesting right now in this season, it's easier than as ever to be completely isolated. I mean, to just kind of bundle up and bury yourself in, in your own space, in your own head and unplug yourself from community or unplug yourself from accountability because it's inconvenient or because maybe in your area you can't you can't actually be together physically and so you're like well I don't I don't want to do this virtually so I'll just wait but that is probably the worst thing you could do is to completely unplug from community and I'm seeing that with people you know there are some people who are just like I'm not going to I'm not going to engage in any sort of virtual community let me know when I can come to your house or let me know when you can come to mine or that sort of thing. And some people can't do that. And that's a really difficult time right now. A week and a half ago, I had my grandma's Zoom funeral, almost 30 family members, all these screens from all over the place. Now, the reality is if we'd have done that in person, not everyone who attended that Zoom could have come, number one. So we would have missed out on some of our family. And number two, it it provided a different sense of equality amongst everybody, that everybody had an equal voice, which was really interesting. I didn't anticipate that. And then we lead, I lead a Zoom group on Thursday nights that has become maybe more connected than most groups I've been a part of in person. And I think part of that is there's just so many other things that happen to to get ready for a physical group. You got to get your house ready. The kids have got to be behaved and fed and, you know, right. put away in their place or, <laughs> you know, the babysitter's got to come and watch them in the back room or there's just so many little pieces of it that by the time the people get there, sometimes I'm already exhausted. You know, right. just get, and, I, and it's not just the person hosting it, it's the people coming. They're trying to get their life all together perfectly so that they could come to that because there's so many things with kids and everything that could go wrong in a day that would prevent you from being able to attend. And so now with our Zoom group, it's like there, there's no per- perfection needed. Our house can be a mess and our lives can can be what they are and we can come together and actually care for one another and, and talk through things and be, I don't know, it just felt like people are um, 
a little more open, not to say that it's better than being physically together because there's something about that, but it's different and it's not all bad, I guess is what I'm saying. It's not all bad. The assumption is it's all bad. So that's kind of yeah, my... I would I would totally agree. I have um, friends from our church in Hillsborough. The, the, the volunteer worship leader lives about 35 minutes away from the church. Um, but as we weren't allowed to gather together, we started praying together on Thursday nights at seven. And he works all day um, in Hillsborough and then drives back 30 minutes to Banks. So there's like no way he's going to drive 30 minutes for an hour prayer meeting on a weeknight. Right. Uh, but w- but if we gather to Zoom on pray and pray together, like to pray together on Zoom takes an hour. Mm-hmm. To pray together in person takes him two and a half. Exactly. Getting ready and driving. He's not going to give two and a half hours on a weeknight, but he'll gather together on Zoom and, and pray. I'm not sure what your theology is, but I, I think God can still hear us when we pray together on Zoom. Like, I, I think that, that counts us together in prayer. That's something yeah. I've, I've also been able to be part of. Um, pornography addiction is is a part of my story. And I've I've led a pill, pure desire groups, seven pillar groups. And I, I led one of those online. So these are guys I've, I've never met in person. And right. there's eight of us. And just these guys, vulnerability and ability to share. And I don't know if I don't know if being through a screen made it easier to be vulnerable for them because I've led groups in person where sometimes you're two months in before people are kind of comfortable sharing. Right. But I, I led this online group and that, that first night, just kind of everybody, all I just shared their whole story. And wow. for 10 months, we walked through this healing process together. So if someone wants to say you can't have true community through online interaction, I would I'd probably put up a fight because I think you can. Mm. I think it takes intentionality. I think you think through how how you do things. Uh, one of my probably pet peeves about the last 10 months is just feels like a lot of churches have taken what they do in person and put it online. Uh, man, when you look at, at missionary journeys uh, from from decades past, when we take our Christianity and take it around the globe, it doesn't do well. And I, I think online is a, another culture. So I don't think we just need to, you know, let, let's not just take what we do on Sunday morning in America and put it on the internet, because I think there's there's a culture online that we need to be aware of and do our best to speak into that situation. You mentioned this. There's a cult. There's an online culture that you need to be aware of and adjust to to communicate with, to communicate the gospel with. Not that the gospel changes, but the way in which you present it, the way in which you you engage with it, uh, could change. So, what are some of the peculiarities of that online culture that you you've seen, or you would say that's part of that? Man, I think I think a lot of times we complain about attention span instead of. Hmm. Um, kind of just taking that like that's that's what it is. I know uh, we're looking at some some in-house training for Sun Life, and it's a training that our associate director has done in person, and I've heard it, and it was about thirty minutes long, and it was great. And right. we're recording that video tomorrow, and I'm like, hey, can can we make this two 12 minute segments? Because mm-hmm. like I take classes on Udemy, and I might I'm taking a class on InDesign. I love it. I might sit there for two hours in the day and do that class, but each of those segments is like eight to twelve minutes, right? Because honestly, for me to Go, oh, this training is a half hour. I don't know if I have time to do that. But if you hang out in that, you know, eight to 15 minute range for a, for a segment, you know, they might watch through multiple segments. But and I've heard your other conversations on, on From the Graphics about your sermon length and how that's changed. And, mm-hmm. you know, you, instead of being like, man, uh, people used to could sit through an, an hour sermon and, and they were fine with that. So we should be able to just preach an hour sermon. You know, what's funny is I'm not sure they were fine with it. I have one friend who attends our church. And when we were in person, Right. He would always come in. First of all, he would walk in after the music, right as the message was starting with no fail. Not that he doesn't like music. He loves music. He's just late. And then he grabs a cup of coffee. And about five minutes in, 
he gets up and goes to the bathroom. And I make fun of him all the time for it. I'm like, stop drinking the coffee right when you come in because then you have to go to the bathroom. But he like gives himself these ways to like get up and move around mm-hmm. um, because he's like, I don't want to, <laughs> I don't want to sit here for that long. And so I just make fun of him and, and, uh, and we move on. But, but I think there's something in a lot of us, the people who are sitting in rows who are like, this is, this is going long. This is going, they've already tuned out. They're like, I got the idea. I got the message. Now I'm just here. So, uh, so then they're just on their phones or they're sort of tapping their knee or my favorite is dozing off. Nothing makes you feel better about how you communicate than when there's a guy in the front row nodding off like that. I got to tell you, nothing (laughs) makes you feel better than that. I watched a five and a half minute video today and it was from uh, Aussie Dave. You familiar with Aussie Dave's work? If you're listening or watching, stop listening and watching this and go watch some Aussie Dave five and a half minute segments on his YouTube. It's amazing. You can, I'll give you permission. You can, you can leave. Go watch Aussie Dave because what he does is he unpacks usually a, a phrase or a word. And specifically for him, it's usually Hebrew found in the Old Testament. And he illustrates it with like a short teaching vlog with beautiful scenery from Israel or whatever. And then you're just drawn in and he reveals to you something from the Bible that you're like, oh my gosh, that was right. well worth my five minutes. And that's what we want. We want people to to hear what we have to say, hear a piece of it and be like, that was well worth the time I spent listening and watching. So that yeah. I think, I think shortening helps in that. I think it does. I think you know, we, we talked about applying stuff a little bit earlier. If I'm at a church on a Sunday morning and, and a message is 45 minutes and you gave me five things to do, I'm probably not going to do any of them. But like if, if you can talk to me for 15 minutes and it's engaging and, and biblical mm-hmm. and has like a takeaway, I get overwhelmed and I just don't do things. So if, if mm-hmm. I got five things I got to do this week to be a better Christian, I'm probably not going <clears> to <throat> be a better Christian by next Sunday. But if I got one thing, I can I can probably work on that one thing. Mm-hmm. Yeah, the one the one thing I want you to do this week challenge is so much better than the five points of Trinitarianism mm-hmm. or whatever you, you know. Like the and, and the more practical you get in when you're talking about the biblical truths, the more practical you get, the more to the to the side of things where people go, okay, I understand it and I know what to do with it. Like the better it's going to permeate their life. Because if they don't know what to do with it, then it's like, well, that was interesting, I guess. Right. But what does that mean for me? And that's the bottom line for most people is, what does this mean for me? And that may sound selfish, but that's how people are wired. That's how God created us. So we got to work with it. I'm not a huge fan of of business and marketing terms in the church, even though I understand like like how marketing works. It works because we're humans and humans are in the church. But that 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 sales funnel, where if you know on a Sunday morning, I'm, I'm hoping we can introduce somebody to Jesus. And if you've been walking with Jesus a while, I hope Sunday morning isn't your only exposure to the Bible. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I've, I've heard people talk about you know that that message not being deep enough, and I'm like, ah, honestly, if if you didn't think my message was deep enough, you know, you've you've been alive for 70 years and you've been following Jesus for for 65 of those. If the only Bible you're getting is me on a Sunday morning, you're you're probably doing it wrong. Mm-hmm. So kind of giving us uh, that that permission for, for Sunday morning to maybe be felt needs to be introductions to things because hopefully mm-hmm. you're 
in a small group or community group or home group or whatever your church calls groups or Zoom group yeah. where where you're studying the Bible together, where you're living that out and yeah. where you're applying that together. And in a time where like it's easier than ever to say, I'm not going to do that because I can't go to their home. It's actually easier than ever to do it. Like I was saying <laughs> earlier, the prep the prep for you is so much easier. You don't even have to put on pants. Just don't show us you don't have pants. You know, like, or you <laughs> right. could turn off your camera and just listen in, or you could use your phone and call in uh, and just be a part. We have people who will be like in the drive-through because they had a long day and they're picking up dinner and and they're just in audio, but they're still involved in the discussion in our group. And we're, you know, more unstructured in our small group than I've ever done or ever been comfortable with. And it's much more natural than it's ever been. And the conversation goes uh, to places that I think people need in the moment much more. And so it's very life-giving, I feel. Let me change subjects here for a second. You have done a lot with YouTube. You used to have a Lego Wayne. Is that correct? I did. Yeah, there was was a Lego Wayne for a minute. And that was uh, man, a lot of fun. That was just, uh, you know, when you when you use Adobe products, you pay your subscription and you get all the all their products. Um, yep. And I, you know, growing up, besides wanting to be a professional baseball player, uh, I wanted to be a cartoonist. Um, uh, but, you know, when you don't have enough oomph to take high school classes seriously and pass those classes, you don't get to do a lot of your childhood dreams because you just don't have the work ethic at that age. Um, but always want to be a cartoonist, love Lego with the family and, uh, downloaded, uh, Adobe character animator. Mm-hmm. And I was like, how can I, cause you know, I was like, I've done, I've done some stop motion with Lego. I was like, well, how can I put a face on that? And at the start, I was like, well, maybe I'll just animate the mouth and character animator and then put it on a, a real Lego. And I think I did that once. And then I ended up just diving into character animator, um, taking pictures of Lego minifigures, cutting them apart in Photoshop. So I had all the pieces that could move. Uh, along with a hand-drawn wow. mouth that I drew. Um, and that that was a lot of fun. Uh, I think part of that was, you know, growing up. Uh, I was born in 81, so growing up in the late 80s and 90s, uh, I learned some of my... I'm an 81. Hey, I'm an 81. Like, that means this is the year of 40. Yeah, I I, I 40 a couple <laughs> weeks ago. Oh, happy birthday. I, I love it. I didn't feel old until I was playing Forza Horizon 4 in a car that I drove in the in the late 90s was a was a classic sports car or retro <laughs> sports car and i'm like oh that's that's cool um you're retro but yeah but i uh you know i learned some of my bible from mcgee and me so like having a kid <laughs> and a cartoon oh character. we are going back um, mcgee and me oh McGee man and me so i, yeah. I was like man have, how about if i have lego wayne help me teach the bible and and ask me questions and then because you know, sometimes when you're making a video, like this would be great to interact with somebody, but I don't have any friends in real life. So I was like, <laughs> or at least any friends that want to be in videos regularly. But if but if I create one, he can help me. Um, it's something I would love to do more of. It it just takes, it's one of those, as with most video stuff, that takes uh, time that I just haven't had in the last year. Yeah, yeah. I was just curious about that, where you were at with that. I think my my youngest son, had me, he got some sort of a Lego stop motion book that comes with different backgrounds. The mm-hmm. problem with that is that means I have to download the app. In order for him to do it, he has to use my phone. Right. So he, and then 
inevitably. All right. So he's got my phone, right? And he's doing, uh, you know, here, I'll take a picture here. And then, and then he moves the camera way down here and takes a picture. And then he moves it way over here after he's moved the piece. So I'm like, I don't know what's happening because your camera's moving everywhere. So then I'm like, all right, we got to get you a little stand so you can do it from the same angle. And, mm -hmm. and it's, uh, it's a lot of work. It's a lot of work. It is. And actually for, for a while with Lady Wayne, I would, I would do stop motion to get him into the scene and then do character animator with the plate for the background um, of real Lego pictures. And then like the, the minifig and character animator so I could move his arms and his head and lip sync his mouth. And, and yeah, I was, nice. like, it's, it's a lot of fun. And, and then I run into like, if, if I keep doing this though, cause like, you know, technically the Lego is trademarked and like, I don't monetize any of my stuff anyway, so I don't care, but it's like, do I just need mm -hmm. to, So actually for, Last year, so me and my son have been taking a drawing class uh, together. It's oh, like cool. I should probably just draw draw a Wayne, and he can be animated, and and he'll be smaller, so he'll be he'll be little Wayne, um, little Wayne. Yeah, that might be trademarked too. <laughs> no, I'll spell, spell out the whole word. It's not my fault. If people say little. <laughs> oh, okay, gotcha. Um, yeah, it's my you know, it, it's it's always fun to interact. You know. It's, McKinnon has Squarespace Pete, and some of the funnest stuff to watch him do is his, him interacting with his alter ego. So, Peter uh, McKinnon, Peter, my, my alter ego might wondering. just be a cartoon. He, you know, that's really interesting. Um, so, you've also done some other stuff with your YouTube channel. What else have you done on there? Uh, man, I have done um, probably for the last seven or eight years, I've periodically done really like four to, to seven minute kind of Bible study teachings that uh, I really enjoyed those. And, and maybe that's just, that's my attention span for learning. So I figure if I can do things in that long that can impact people, I've done those. Uh, I, I enjoy vlogging sometimes. I think I enjoy vlogging. I don't enjoy having pressure that I put on myself for my vlogs to be something that they shouldn't be. So oftentimes I'll, I'll not document as much as I want to because I would rather publish a more polished video, some some videos uh, with just uh, music that'll put you to sleep and the words of scripture over slow drone footage. Most of these things I do because I like them. For me, those help me slow down because even in reading scripture in the morning, sometimes I'm in a hurry, you know, a, a YouTube video, unless you turn it to one and a half times speed, uh, goes at the same speed. So to, to read scripture slow enough to process it um, in small chunks, and, you know, that's also an excuse for me to just go fly the drone and essentially drive the flight for like six minutes one way and turn around and fly it for six minutes back to get two clips for those videos. I've had my YouTube channel for a long time. I take it seriously on and off. Uh, in the last year with support rates and everything, I haven't been nearly as active as I wanted to. Um, but a, a big part of that, especially while I was uh, on staff at a church, was I wanted people to be able to see that uh, I'm not just a pastor. Like, I'm a human. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Like I, I do these regular things um, because, man, I I love learning from people I know. And I think, you know, in, in the past, the pastor was like, he's the pastor. We see him on Sunday. We call him pastor last name, uh, which I think that respect is is great. Um, but I think there was a distance of like, you know, he's he's a professional Christian. I can't be like him. Um, so, man, I'd, I'd rather I'd rather care for people and shepherd people. Um that I can show that I'm, I'm a human. I'm walking this journey with Jesus. Uh, I'm doing my best, but, but I'm not perfect. Uh, 
So, you know, even some of those vlogs showing, showing family not getting along um, mm-hmm. or at least having a time lapse and then coming back and letting people know that family didn't get along. And that's why there was no more footage for that <laughs> two-day trip. Yeah. Like, hey, we, we had a kind of good time, but also we had bad attitudes. <clears throat> okay. Yeah. Yeah. I might, I might be doing that in a vlog pretty soon. <laughs> yeah. Just, just that ability to, to share more of, share more of my life and who I am with, with people that I'm uh, shepherding and leading has been uh, something that I've enjoyed about being on the YouTubes. And the YouTubes, I think there's, there's, there's kind of two schools of thought on this, I think. And one is to maintain the, the image. Uh, one is to like put out this persona that everything, you got everything together, you got it all figured out. Right. So that's, that's the temptation of leadership, I think. And then, um, and then the other side is, you know, that you are human. You want people to not put you on a pedestal. You want people to understand your, um, approachable, relatable, uh, that God uses regular morons like us, uh, to do his work. And so, and so you show some of that playfulness, you show some of that humor, you show some of that, you know, dressed down, uh, parts of you. Um, and, uh, and so some people are honestly turned off by that and will run because they're like, Mm -hmm. that's not good enough for me. I need, I need the professional perfection image for me to look up to because I'm trying, like people follow who they aspire to be. And if, uh, if you're not far enough ahead of them, then they're, they're uncertain. They want to follow when in reality, we're like, well, don't actually don't follow me, follow Jesus. Let's look at him, you know, and let's, Mm -hmm. let's follow him because I don't want you to follow me. Uh, I'd love to come alongside you as we follow Jesus together. I'd like Mm -hmm. to point you towards him, you know, and, and show, but, but if you're just, I'm not perfect. So don't put me up there. Like I'm some, you know, (laughs) I'm somebody else. I'm somebody I'm not. So that's a really interesting uh, tension there. And I'm finding that too, because as Erica and I uh, have a, another side business that we run uh, for virtual support for people, um, people will look me up, right? And so everything online, I'm, I'm out there. You find me. Mm-hmm. There's no hiding. I'm there. Uh, and, and so I've got a lot of playful things, some stupid things. Uh, you know, you can very quickly find out I'm a pastor. You can find... This podcast, this video over here, this over here, an old blog, you know, like what, mm-hmm. like you can find stuff. So there's a lot, or my phone number. You can, I mean, mm-hmm. you can get in contact with me. I'm not trying to be a, a celebrity. I'm not trying to be famous. It's just reality. The stuff is out there. So, right. so if a potential client comes on and they go, you're, I don't think you're professional enough. That's, you know, that's just what it is. But it's, I can't right. take all that back and it is who I am. So. Oh well, and the same thing for for being a pastor. I was at a um, a funeral that I was a part of uh, recently, and there's a very well known pastor in town, awesome guy, love him, uh, and uh, and he is so well spoken. Uh, when he speaks, he never he never has a vocalized pause. He never has a hiccup in his speech. He never stutters. He ne- it's just like his dictation is perfect. And he he knows what he's talking about. And you can tell he knows what he's talking about. And and his audience, the people who really gravitate towards him, are very academically minded, love 
sort of the mental exercise of his preaching style. Um, and whereas I'm not that at all, and I stutter and I mess up and I don't have that sort of persona that, you know, is always sort of on like that. And so after the service, you know, I did a little prayer and stuff and welcome. And then he did the main portion of it. Um, some some people who, who attend our church came up to me like, man, when other people, I'm not, I'm not soliciting this. People are just telling this to me. When, when other pastors speak, my eyes glaze over and I start doing, and they made like a face like that. And I was like, I get it. I get it. It's, he's speaking to a different kind of audience is thinking differently. I'm, I'm trying to speak to you. I'm trying to speak to where you're at. He's trying to speak to somebody else. So we have different styles that reach different people. And so there's nothing wrong with either style. It's just our audiences are different. But I think that's the beauty of God. He uses all different kinds of people to reach all different kinds of people uh, because he cares for all people. And so I'm grateful for, for the grace that I can be who I am and not have to live up to some perfectionist uh, image. And then I can just be myself. And sometimes mm -hmm. I, I'm editing something that I'm going to put on the internet and I'm like, man, I'm a goofball. <laughs> oh, well, you know, I don't know how right? to not be that, you know, or man, man, that was, that was, I'm not, I'm sort of embarrassed at myself, but then I'm like, why am I embarrassed at myself? Who cares? I think going, uh, and when, uh, up in Southwest Washington, uh, we weren't allowed to gather all for a time and, uh, talking with our, the lead pastor here at my church and he was like, you know, when, when he's speaking on Saturday night or Sunday morning, like he knows there's imperfections and that's okay. But we were all online. So it was like a pre-recorded message. And and he's like, it took him three or four weeks to be like, I would be okay with that pause or with that stutter in person. Like that, that's a normal thing. You're speaking for 20 or 30 minutes. He's not going to speak perfectly, but it took him, it took him three or four weeks to be okay with that in a video because like, well, I'm making a video, a video should be perfect. Mm -hmm. um, so it took that, that mindset shift of what I'm doing online. Like, like it doesn't, it doesn't have to be perfect. You know, we, we think about it, like, well, this is going to like live on the internet forever. So we want that perfection. Um, I say personally, I just uh, record in 4k and, and memorize like a paragraph at a time and then cut it together with the two different zooms. So you can't tell that it was actually like 40 minutes of me talking for 12 minutes of you watching. Hey, I've done that. Not 4K, but I've done two angles, you know, and then when I need to cut, I switch cameras. I was doing that for a while this past year. And then I'm like, this takes too long. So then I just started doing one angle and jump cutting it all. I'm like, I don't care if you can tell there's a cut. I'm just going to cut it. It's video. Yep. You, you, you understand that if I'm going to cut, if I'm going to get this down to 12, 15 minutes, hold on, it's trash can. Trash, trash day, all right. Trash day. It's Wednesday. I got, I got gardeners, and trash to come on Wednesday, and they make a lot of noise. So I can't record messages on Wednesday. If my message is going to be twelve to fifteen minutes long, people understand. I'm going to be cutting it. I'm going to be cutting right. it down after I've recorded it all. Even last week, I was speaking, and I realized that my transcript was like nine pages long. And I'm like, this is gonna, this is gonna be 45 minutes. I can't do 45 minutes. And so I'm like, all right. So I started slicing some stuff, cutting some things, trimming the fat, and I got it down to some, what I felt I could do in like 15 minutes. And then when I got to the 15 minute mark, I realized I could not do it in 15 minutes. 
And so I slashed like a, a page and a half towards the back end and wrapped it up pretty quick at the end. And you know what's really funny is nobody knows other than me that any of that happened and nobody cares that they missed a page and a half of my notes. You know, they're just right. they're like, I got the point. I got it. Mm-hmm. Okay, that was that was good. We got to get over our own perfectionist stuff, man. I, I can obsess about. Sometimes I'm sitting there, I'm editing, man, there's so many pauses. And even even when I'm editing these, you know, I'm mm-hmm. tempted to just like go through the whole timeline and like cut out all these little pauses or moments that I'm like, there's nothing happening and, and make it all buttoned up and quick and all that kind of stuff. And and sometimes I have the energy to do that, but sometimes it's like, man, I just got to get this <laughs> out. Mm-hmm. It's too much. So tell me, what, what have you, uh, where do you think um, your personal YouTube channel will be, will be going the next year or so? What do you think is going to happen there? I hope to do it more. I think f- for me, like, like living a missionary, living as a missionary is great. Support raising mm-hmm. is fine, but only support raising uh, really kind of drained my soul, uh, mm. my personality and, and my uh, working type and stuff like that is really hard for me to just, and during a pandemic when you can't meet in person and, and all that. So, oh, yeah. um, so uh, I think when I'm actually going to start to do the ministry, I can document that more. Um, so really my hope is uh, I have a goal of just making 60 videos this year. I only made like 25 last year. Um, I, I, I hope to walk through um, one of the gospels with a six minute study and also the read scripture together videos where it's just scripture on the screen. I like the the rhythm and routine of those for me as well as well as um, uh, just the vlogs of sharing my life and my journey as as I kind of jump into this ministry with Sun Life. And then I hope to uh, yeah just uh, share some of my favorite videos and vlogs, are just sharing about like my my daily routine with God, of sharing about the stuff that I'm doing in, mm-hmm. in my walk with God. Um, because honestly, I I think there's a lot of value. This is where like. Being able to share my life as as a pastor, as a missionary is great because I think there's a lot of value in just seeing how other people spend time with God. Like yeah. I think a lot of times, like it, I was a youth pastor, I think it's great that we teach kids about the Bible, but I also think we need to teach kids how to study the Bible because like as, mm-hmm. as much as I love hanging out with students and studying the scripture, like they need to be able to do that for themselves. Some videos where I can show like this is this is what I do. And um I tend to uh, I tend to be turned off by people who are really really sure of themselves. <laughs> so mo- most of, most of the things I share, like this is how I do it. Maybe it's not the best way. Maybe it's not the right way. But this is how this is how I do it. In studying for licensing with uh, my denomination, part of a Christian Missionary Alliance church, uh, studying the the end times and eschatology stuff, and I'm like, man, I this is really hard for me to study because. Um, my favorite book on the subject is called Jesus Wins. My it, end times. Is it two words long? The book? Uh, no, it, 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 it's an actual. <laughs> it's an actual written book, and just kind of talks about because, because honestly, like Jesus comes back, eternity with Him, and I don't care. Like I know I, I probably should care a little bit, but I I don't. The specifics don't matter to you, right? You get the idea, and that's good enough for you, right? And 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 the fact that there's people that are so sure that they know exactly how everything's going to go down. I'm like, maybe you do, but I, I honestly, I see, I see enough of Jesus teaching to wrestle with while I'm alive that, mm. that Jesus comes back eternity with him is, is good enough for my worrying about the future. Mm-hmm. Like, well, will I be reunited with my dead dog? I don't care because 
I, I won't care. Yeah. Like, it, I mean, what, there's what sort of no harm in, uh, in thinking that now because it's like when I get there, if that's not true, so what? Like, <laughs> you're not going to, it's not going to matter. Like, yeah. Eternity in the presence of God. Like I said, I, I think, think Jesus gave me, you know, commands and, and talks about enough stuff that we're supposed to do while we're here on earth that uh, my place pretty full worrying about that and probably not even doing a great job at that. So, well, man, that's, that's, uh, that's a whole nother subject right there. I mean, you took us into eschatology over there, I didn't man. Mean to, I'm sorry. No, Hey, Hey, hey I'm good. I'm good. My, uh, you know, it's something that I, I've said before to leadership at our church and volunteers is, you know, I'm, I'm probably never going to preach like a series on revelation. Probably not. Because first of all, there's a lot going on there that I don't even understand. And there's a lot that you can read about that. The people smarter than me about it have have researched, and that's all good. Um, but it's probably not going to help or make any difference to people in their everyday life who are coming to just hear about Jesus or just discover who Jesus is. And I want to make sure that we're staying on on task for them. You know, maybe that's right. something we could do in a small group if it's really important. And right now, people are wondering more than ever, maybe mm-hmm. more than ever in my lifetime, if certain things are happening that are talked about in these books and stuff. And so I'm, I'm getting these right. questions. I'm fielding these questions right now. But for the most part, in most uh, most of my ministry life, they haven't been a big deal. Well, man, uh, this has been really fun. Uh, is there? Tell us if someone wants to. You know, you mentioned raising support. If someone wants to support you, how can they find you? Uh, uh, WayneRiz.com. I can't spell my full last name, so I don't make anybody else. Uh, but just <laughs> W-A-Y-N-E-W-R-Z.com. Um, there's information there. There's a partner site there, so people can uh, learn about what I'm doing. Uh, find my YouTube stuff there. My Instagram stuff there. Uh, I like Instagram, but I struggle with Instagram because I don't know how to be real on Instagram. We talked about, you know, YouTube being able to share my life in a vlog. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't I don't know how to post a picture and say, hey, I got out of bed today. Didn't want to. Like I just I, to, to me, Instagram feels like it's harder to to be real than I guess for, for a lot of people. Any social media is hard to be real. But like I, I think I'm fairly true to life on YouTube. Sure, it's mm-hmm. some of its highlights, vacations. You don't see us fight when we do fight, but we talk about it. Um, but but yeah, Instagram feels like it has to be pretty. So I'm like, how do I how do I tell you that I didn't want to get out of bed this morning, that I thought just laying in bed all day sounded better? Yeah. I guess I just come on Micah's podcast and tell them. You, that's, that's right. That's what happened this morning. That's right. And then I put a clip of it on Instagram for people Perfect. to know. See, I'm doing it. <laughs> More likely a clip on TikTok from this. Anyway. It's a whole nother thing. There's so many yeah. tools these days. And right now I'm exper- experimenting a little bit more with Reddit. I've never been on it before. Mm. And I know it's a been a longstanding place that certain people find community and talk about things. And I didn't know what I was doing. So I've just been trying to figure it out. And I'm finding that there are some genuine, real communities on there that I mm. think I just didn't think lived there. But that's a whole nother whole nother discussion as well yeah yeah i think it's yeah going back to talking about creating stuff for online uh and i don't think every ministry or every pastor needs to be everywhere because mm-hmm. i think that'll kill you i think there's you know so many churches like well we need to be on facebook and instagram and youtube and snapchat and tiktok and um 
And some people do that really well. Like Joshua Verwers does that well. He's everywhere and he's everywhere well. Um, but I'm like, I, I, I use Facebook because my grandma does. And so I post things on there for my family and friends to see. But like, I don't, I don't post a lot of ministry stuff on Facebook these days. And, and I have a TikTok. And, and honestly, I haven't used it yet. I followed like Matt Hipoya and Joshua Verwers and like one other person. I haven't logged in since I downloaded it. Uh, because I was like, I don't, I don't know what to do with TikTok. I don't know if I need to be on TikTok. Um, I kind of want to just be the guy that posts pictures of Tic Tacs on TikTok. Like every Thursday, I'll just give you a new picture of a Tic Tac. Oh wow! And Tic Tacs of TikTok. But I, but I haven't wanted to spend the dollar seventy nine to get a box of Tic Tacs yet. So I haven't done that. <laughs> well, your commitment level is high, at least to that. I'm, I'm an I'm an ideas guy. Yeah, there you go. There you go. You have? Do you have an idea notebook that you just have? Tons of ideas, or do it's you just the say them out loud? I, I just I just say them and then forget about it. Just say them. You just say them. Yes, I know. I know people who do that. I do that sometimes. Well, man. Hey, again, thanks for hanging out with me. You people know where to find you. I hope that uh, that you don't have to spend as much soul sucking time in raising support as you said, and that uh, and that God richly blesses you in your ministry, man. Thanks for being on the podcast. Oh, sure. Well, I hope you found that helpful, interesting, and I hope it inspires you to take a step to alter something, to make it better, so that you reach more people for the gospel of Jesus in a digital age. God bless you. I'll see you in the next one.